0: Well, welcome back everybody to, well, this is the third episode overall, but the first episode since announcing the new name of the show, hopefully the permanent name of the show, it will be the permanent name of the show, Two On, Two Out, a Phillies podcast brought to you by myself, Andrew, and
1: Bob. Oh, I was really saying there, I thought you had a sponsor for us.
0: No, no, our sponsorship is the lovely people who listen to this and um, the people who are willing to listen to our tirades and this week is probably gonna be the worst of them all.
1: Sure it's you know it only gets better from here.
0: Yeah well <laughs> we'll revisit that statement in a couple of weeks. Uh, so to break down the week Phillies had their first road trip of the season. Uh, last week I believe we I uh, gave a couple predictions. I had said three and four on the road. And Bob, I believe you had predicted... I
1: said one and five. I so don't think so. I was, I was pretty spot on.
0: <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to queue up. I'm going to find it from last week and queue it up. What did no, Bob say?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> nope. I am super optimistic. I'm going five and two.
0: And there we go. We played okay. back. <laughs> we. Oh, okay. no. We now know what Bob said last week. The Phillies went one and five on this road trip after starting the season five and one. Nailed did, yeah. Um, so to uh, go through some of the well, all of the games from the uh, the past week on Friday, uh, the Phillies fell to the Braves eight to one. Uh, in that game, we saw Ronald Acuna, who is going to be a thorn in the side of the Phillies for years. The whole of uh, the National League as National League East as a whole for quite a few years. He had four hits and a home run in that game. Uh, we had Zach Wheeler start that game. He ended up going four and two-thirds. Uh, he had four walks that game, four strikeouts, three earned runs, and he probably would have gone a little bit longer. Um, but Joe Girardi um, had a little bit of a slip-up. Um, Bob, I know you caught that bit a little more than I did, so you want to kind of talk about Girardi
1: there? Yeah, he uh, he made a non-season you know season manager move mistake. You know, he went out for a second time during an inning. Uh, and had to be had to pull Zach Wheeler. You, you can see when we watch the clip back, you can see kind of you know takes you know says my, says my bad to Zach, but that was just uh, people were just loving it on Twitter and calling yeah. him uh, Joe Kapler and yeah uh, yeah. So that was a that was just a great night for for morale.
0: And I think both instances happened uh, in Atlanta. I think Kapler had the same problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into the Atlanta talk in a little bit. Um, and to wrap up that game, uh, Brandon Kinsler and David Hale combined to go three in the third with four innings, I'm sorry, four earned runs. So, um, just overall, not the greatest showing that game and that that'll happen. And, and, and when that game did happen, it was okay. You know, we were due for a, for a stinker. Um, Little did we know we were in for a week of stinkers. Uh, the next night on uh, on the 10th, uh, Phillies fell to the Braves 5-4. to four. Uh, This game we saw Andrew McCutcheon and Bryce Harper hit their first home run to the season, so we can um, we can cancel the Harper home run watch, thankfully. Um, Zach Eflin started that game for the Phillies, went six innings, four in runs. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I think we're probably hoping for a little more out of him, but... Um, you know, early in the season, I I think a start like that, you, you could expect a team to compete and and you know hopefully win that one. Um, the other thing that come out of that game, Archie Bradley left after facing three batters. Uh, they put him on the ten day DL, I believe. Yesterday, I saw. It. Now it's um, mm-hmm. he'll be there for three to four weeks with an oblique strain. So not a great track record signing these um, these seasoned bullpen veterans with um, David Robertson a couple years ago. Uh, I, f- I think we gave him two years and we got a game out of him where he walked four batters boy was it a great game <laughs> at least archie i mean i you know there's still hope for archie and um yeah he looked good in his first couple appearances so um once he's back i don't i don't i expect him to be back and i don't expect any um anything too much worse hopefully but i guess you never know with injuries and Sunday's game the most exciting of the week for multiple reasons. First of all, the Phillies with their lone win of the road trip. Uh they defeated the Braves 7 to 6. In that
1: Born game safe. Safe.
0: <laughs> Well, in that game Reese Hoskins, uh Didi Gregorius and Bryce Harper all hit a home run. Uh Matt Moore five innings pitched, five earned runs. Three of those earned runs were in the first inning, so got off to a, a bit of a crazy start, but um they they ended up rallying. Um we get we'll fast forward to the top of the ninth where uh, Alec Bohm doubled, uh, got to third on a Gene Segura groundout. And the next batter was Didi Gregorius, who popped out to pretty shallow left field, out to uh, Marcelo Ozuna. And Dusty Watham decided to send Alec uh, on the catch with... Um, Ozuna's not known for having the greatest arm. And there was a bit of
1: a play at the plate. Why, uh, why don't you break that one down for us, Bob? uh he the thing is he was safe so uh anything who anybody who says otherwise uh you're wrong uh, he was totally safe uh stop your crying stop your whining uh out sneaks in his foot did hit the plate uh ahead of the tag and there you go there's your seventh run that would end up being your game winner
0: so I will uh help Bob out here. Uh Alec Bohm was out at the plate, unfortunately. However, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> uh however, with the with the tag play so so to break it down, Alec Bohm, um, you've probably seen the video, his foot uh came up off the ground. Uh I mean in those plays like that, it's I mean, it's tough. You're 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 running right at a catcher who uh, from what all I can tell, Travis Darno did nothing wrong. He he um except to the catch and then got in front of Alec to try to tag him and just with the way they're I guess with the way the bodies collided, it caused Alec to to miss the plate ever so slightly um nope but because the the call on the field was safe uh when they go to replay instead and here's we'll get into replay a little bit here because i I really don't like this approach that they take replay is the best what when, when trust yeah, when they, when they go to replay, they have to factor in the call on the field, which in this case was safe. And the, I guess the objective of the replay is to either confirm or deny that call. And when they cannot do either, uh, they're forced to stick with the uh, call on the field. To me, I think the approach should be either don't whoever it is that's that's viewing the video video replay, don't let them know what the call is, or just going with the objective is from your perspective, is this safer out? I, what do you think is, is, is the approach they have now, you know, take the Phillies out of it. If you look at this just from a, from a baseball standpoint of trying mm-hmm. to get the calls, right is, is, is the way replay is currently set up. Is that, is it the correct approach in your opinion? Uh,
1: no, I, I mean, all kidding aside, I, I'm actually watching the the play right now. Um, just reliving it. Um, I've had an issue with replaying, pretty much every sport that has replay. Um I, I think yeah, you clearly if you watch it, he, I mean his foot on the at least I will say this, on the angles that were provided on the TV, um I don't have any other angles to see. You can just go by what I see on the videos and the replays that they've shown us. Uh his foot did not touch. So as a objective you know view on it uh, he, I, I would have ruled him as out. Um, I mean, replay is a whole discussion we can talk about forever in a day. But yeah, it needs to be changed. In, not just in baseball, but I think in every sport that has currently has replay.
0: Yeah, and it it it's a shame that that's how it's going because uh, when replay first came out, there was a the concern about it, even you know, slowing down the game even more. But I think if it if the necessary changes were made it could be so much simpler um mm-hmm. you know you, first of all it seems like the people who are watching the replay could start watching these replays sooner instead of uh i, I don't know what goes on obviously during these um during these replays yeah, but
1: that's always been my thought is is in any situation what w- in any sport is you know we see the replay On TV side, within seconds, Mm -hmm. why isn't there a guy either at each game or somewhere else watching each game um, who has immediate access and has? He can have. I would have that person basically have an answer. Like you, like you and me, like any play that happens, you see a replay. You have an answer. Whether they call on you to provide an answer. Yeah, great point. I, I mm-hmm. think this should be just be like, like a simple radio call. What you see, I saw this. This is the call, and then boom—that's that's judgment yeah. made right there.
0: Yeah, that's an that's an excellent point. Um,
1: and I mean, we and we
0: even started talking a bit about replay last week with Michael Conforto and you know getting hit or leading into a pitch to get hit to win that game, and not being able to look at that uh, because of the judgment call. There's just so many little rules like that that. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's things like that that hurt the game, especially in baseball, where everybody is concerned about the game being hurt. And, and they, it's things like that, which you know, are from our angle and from other people's angle, is is you know something that's fixable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's other other rules that are in baseball currently. Maybe we can get into it later. That I feel do the same thing about just kind of making baseball not baseball anymore, and uh, you know simple things that can be fixed to just really speed things up or, you know, preserve the game that we all like.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so they move on from Atlanta, going one and two there, getting the win on Sunday night. Uh, Monday ends up getting rained out, so we get into a Tuesday doubleheader with more rules that we can gloss over quickly. Uh, when they have a doubleheader now, it's set up for two seven-inning games, which yeah, I... Hate it.
1: <laughs> yes, I, not it, little league baseball. It's not little league baseball. Don't it's let it, them play nine.
0: It, yeah, it changes the whole complexity of the game. You, they they talk about it in the broadcast multiple times, where suddenly the third inning of a of the seven inning game becomes the fifth inning, and and it, you just it fast forwards something that doesn't need to fast forward. And and um, yeah, I just don't think it's necessary. But let's not spend too much time on the rules. We can um, dedicate some time to that. Uh, down the road, uh, in game one, the Mets defeated the Phillies four to three. Chase Anderson went four innings with two earned runs and three walks. Not, not a bad outing again. He's, he's been pretty solid in his first two starts. I'm not, I'm not, um, not too disappointed. He's, I feel like he's pitched better than, um, than Matt Moore. Yes. Um, so he's, he on paper would be more like your fourth starter. Um, it also in this game there was a play at third. Uh, Roman Quinn, I believe, was stealing third, and he had the bag stolen. Uh, but the uh, the throw was a l- little over the head of um, third baseman Guillermo, and Roman. Not, I don't know if um, Dusty Watham was was there to to tell him or if he was, you know wasn't paying attention. Uh, Roman Quinn thought the ball went out into left field and popped off the third base bag, and then he gets tagged out and ends the inning. And that is just it killed any kind of momentum or rally the Phillies had um, in that fifth inning. And it, um, I mean, it. I wouldn't say that one single thing ruined the game for the team, but it kind of just goes into the frustration we've had with Roman Quinn this year at the plate. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, I think he had a. Uh, I think it was opening day. He had a. Pretty nice throw from center to, to NAB a guy at the plate. Uh, but just overall, um, it almost felt like a microcosm of Roman Quinn of just such... We see the talent, but then we see all the frustration within. It's just... Uh, it's just too much. I mean, he's he's playing himself out of that role. Um, you know, We know now um, in the coming days there will be some personnel changes, which we'll get into. And... Uh, but it's such a shame because you see the quickness I and mean, he gets on first. Just getting on base, he changes the dynamic of a game, but he can't get himself on base. Um, and then when he does, he gets himself out in this, in this scenario. So um, just super disappointing. And then Hector Neris uh, blows the save. They had the lead going into the eighth, which I guess technically was extra innings. Um, Neris gives up uh, two runs, three hits, and a walk. Uh, just not a great showing. You know, they. Um, they score the run on the top of the eighth, and then then Harris couldn't shut it down. Um, yeah. And you and I have both defended, defended Hector, and I'm not going to use this one case against him. However, we have seen this before, where Hector just has these games where he cannot he cannot come in and close the door. And in a year where you have guys like Jose Alvarado, even Connor Brogdon, who are showing that that they can consistently come in and and be effective um, mm-hmm. this closer's role um is gonna be contested, I think, pretty soon. And again, like I said with the two of us have defended Hector, but is there any doubt creeping into your head? Do you think we're getting closer to a switch, perhaps?
1: Um I I, I don't I don't think we're we're any closer to a switch. Um I do love uh I think you know, we kind of glossed over Brogdon there. Brogdon, that same game, had um, a great seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, he struck out two. Um, I th- he he hit a guy, but he rebounded. He strikes out uh, Brendan Nemo. Uh, he gets the door to fly out. And then he strikes out Dominic Smith uh, swinging to end that seventh. Um, just really impressive stuff by Connor Brogdon. Someone who I believe the Phillies believe can be a future closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think it's anytime soon? No, I don't. Uh, but to go back to Hector Naris. I mean, it's, it's just talking about another rule that we hate is the runner on second mm. in extras. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he gets a blown save like in the records because yeah. of a guy that he didn't, uh, he didn't inherit. He didn't put on base. Um, yeah, he was a little shaky. He had three hits and two runs. Um, only one of those is earned because that
0: mm-hmm.
1: imaginary runner on second <laughs> to, begin the, <laughs> to begin the game or yeah. to begin the ending is doesn't count as an earned run. Um, but still, to just... had that be a blown save and that rule in general just you know yeah, I don't like it. And but no, I I think. Neris is the guy still for at least the time being, but um, you know, he does have a guy like Connor Brogdon kind of biting at his heels.
0: Yeah. And by the way, in your, um, while you were talking there, you mentioned Brandon Nimmo. He is quickly becoming my least favorite player in baseball, and not for any rational reason. I just can't stand when he sprints to first uh, when he walks and he hits and gets on base too much. And to be honest, I don't like his face. So um, okay. put it out there. Brandon Nimmo. Not my favorite. All right. We go to later in the day, uh, in that doubleheader game two. Phillies fall to the Mets again, four to nothing. Aaron Nola got the start of that one, goes five innings, three earned runs. Um, not sharp, which was the same, um, no, same thing his last, last time out against the Mets. Um, there really is something to the cold weather, or at least the not hot weather for, uh, for Nola. He, um,
1: I don't know what it is. I mean it it was you know, ninety ninety two pitches do five, not great. Mm-hmm. Um I mean he threw a decent amount of strikes, he had fifty nine strikes. Um so at least that is somewhat good. He wasn't crazy wild, only had one walk and he did strike out seven. Um but I don't know, it's just he's he's a guy who sort of he is what he is, and I wish he was that number one? We talked about it last week and how Wheeler really is the number one because of the stuff and uh, of how he's performed or what he has done. And I know he struggled too, but you know, it's it is a little worrisome. I'm not going to panic too much. He's only his third start of the year. Um, but he can't be throwing 90 pitches in five minutes, especially with a guy who. You need to go six seven, um, to preserve yeah. this bullpen.
0: I'll be more worried if we get into the warmer weather and he doesn't yeah. doesn't rebound. I mean, we saw him on opening day; he was fine. So, we'll we'll um, you know, I'm I'm not worried about either Wheeler or Nola at the moment. Um, and just to close out that game, Spencer Howard made his season debut. He went an inning, uh, allowed a run, and on the opposite side of the. Um, or I guess on the same mound, uh, Marcus Stroman uh, shut out the Phillies for six innings, and then uh, Familia came in and closed it out. Uh, and then yesterday's game, um, once again, Mets defeat the Phillies, this time 5-1. to one. And as we mentioned, Zach Wheeler went deeper into that game than I think anyone expected. He, um, he gave up that two-run home run to – I'm, I'm sorry, not a home run, but he gave up two runs to Dominic Smith in the first inning and threw almost 30 pitches, and it was like, well – you know, here we go again. Ends up going six in the third, three earned runs on one hundred and eight pitches, which is feels like astronomical because we haven't don't usually see a pitcher go, you know, to triple digits too much. Um, George Romero came in for two thirds of an inning, gives up two earned runs, and Vince Velasquez comes in to um, to close things out. Uh, gave him a walk because that's just his calling card nowadays. And uh, Gene Segura. Is the lone run in that game with his first home run of the season. So um, today, the Phillies were scheduled to play the Mets at 12 o'clock. However, that game got rained out. So we do miss DeGrom. So despite Yay. Being, Yay. despite being swept uh, going 0 3 in New York, they didn't have to face DeGrom. So I guess there is that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, to get back on on the bullpen real quick, I, I just want to point out we talked about uh, Brogdon. Um, I. I don't know about you, but I, I really like Coonrod uh, too. Uh, he's been sort of their firefighter back there. He came in after they pulled. Um, they pulled Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler had um, he struck out Brendan Nemo, your your guy. Yeah. He then let up two singles, uh, and they pulled him. And Coonrod comes in, uh, gets you know a sacrifice fly, and gets McNeil to ground out and. Sort of preserves uh it does another one does they cross the plate that inning, but uh was credited to wheeler, but you know another guy who has been really, really solid for us back in the bullpen um maybe future setup guy, who knows,
0: yeah, you make a good point he's he's looked he's looked pretty darn good, and uh yeah, there's been just you know, we've mentioned him uh Brogdon, you said Coonrod, even Alvarado, despite his um you know, sort of erraticness. Uh, bullpen has been such a step up from last year, and it's a, I guess, a bright spot on this team. Uh, the not bright spot on this team, one of them at least, is uh, the play on the road. Like we said, uh, five and one to start the season at home, and then one and five on the road. That will not <laughs> get it done as far as um, making the playoffs and and having a successful season. And you know, just before we started recording, we we were. Looking into a lot of uh, the Phillies' stats, uh, especially on the road, the last few years, and it's just—I mean, it's ugly. Um, And I told you—I think I mentioned on the podcast last week, and you know, texting throughout the week—I can't stand when the Phillies go and play in Atlanta. Um, You know, they—they went one and two, and that—you know—the one game they did win was questionable um one and two down there last year 2019 they were four and five they didn't they haven't gone over 500 in atlanta since 2017 um and they i mean it almost felt like feels like that's an anomaly that you know what remind me did um did atlanta win the division uh in 2017 no they did not i answered my question thank you it was the nationals nationals mm-hmm. yeah. yeah wow by 20 games wow <laughs> that feels like forever ago it does um but yeah, just just overall the Phillies' record on the road, and I think you might have the stats up somewhere, or if not, I can find them. But uh, uh, it's well,
1: since twenty eighteen, uh, the Phillies are seventy seven and one hundred nineteen on the road.
0: Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's I don't know what it is, and you know that. So you said since twenty eighteen, so that's both managers, that's Kapler and Girardi, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. whatever it is is going on, on the road. And you look at the stats from. The past few seasons, as far as, um, you know, who's leading this division. So last year, you know, shortened season, but we look at the Braves. They were over 500, both home and away. Marlins finished second in the division. They were, wow, actually looking at this, the Marlins were over 500 on the road. They were below 500 at home, but they, uh, squeaked into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But again, last year was a, a questionable season at best. Um, if we go back to 2019, the last full season, uh, the Braves and Nationals finished one-two in the division. Both teams over 500 home and away. And then even going back as far as 2018, uh, top two teams in the division were over 500 um, home and away. So it's uh, I mentioned before that I think a good goalpost to set for a team is to win, go on a pace where you win every series at home, so you're you know winning two out of three. At home and then on the road. If you can go 500, I think you're pretty well set to to succeed. And right now, it's just there's nothing to indicate that they can do that and improve where they've been the last few years as far as um, playing on the road. What I can't. What's
1: the answer? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, that like, that what? Is, if that's your question, I have no idea what the answer is. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I because well, I guess there's two questions: one, what is the issue, and then two, how do you fix it? And I mean, is is home, you know, home cooking that much better? You know, is is the scenery at the Bank Park that much more favorable to them? I I don't really know, and neither of us know. Nobody really knows, I guess. I mean, and I guess it falls on Joe Girardi to try to figure out how to prepare
1: these guys for the road I don't really know what it is I mean how do you yeah, I, I guess after a while it just starts to seep into your brain and for guys who've been here for a while not having great road record history and mm-hmm. sort of I think it sort of you start thinking about it and then of course you have reporters and people talking about it and asking questions and I think it sort of snowballs into that effect um, but to also break it down to like a smaller level you have um, just little things that you're not doing. Um, we talked about last week. We did the over under. I brought up uh, how Reese uh, his walk rate, and I had a question for that for over under. He's just not walking this year, mm-hmm. and that is something that was big part of his game is um, plate recognition and getting on base and walking. Mm-hmm. Especially if Joe wants him to be a guy at the top of the order, batting two. Yes, I know he can hit home runs and drive the ball and get RBIs, but a part of his game that's not really there, or it's not there at all, is he's not getting on base. He's not walking. And it's it's little things, which I've seen glimpses of since Joe's been the manager, of doing little things right and not relying on the long ball. Um, But it just needs, I think, consistency. Is, is really the key is just doing the little things right day in and day out.
0: Yeah, and you know, you started talking about Reese there and, and his offensive woes, but it's I mean it's the team as a whole that's just they are not um they're not hitting well and I think last week we were a little more lenient because it was only a week into the season, but now we're we're two weeks in and it's like, okay, you know, that's um there's still 150 games left, you know, it's it's a long season, but it these early games especially when the first four series of the season were against division opponents, you like to see a little bit more. Um, but now they spend the next two weeks uh, going up against non divisional op- opponents. So, I mean, hopefully they take this time to get a little bit hotter um, because if we, you know, we could take a look and break down their stats here. I mean, they yeah. going uh, based on batting average. You've got JT Romuto, um, Didi and Gene Segura are all at the top, hovering right about 300 that they're hitting. Um, but there's no one really else that's
1: um, that's hitting the ball that well. I mean, it's yeah. and they're, and they're not stringing out too much. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're figuring out
1: way too much. I mean, I, I, was, I was just looking at a, uh, I was on Twitter today and saw a tweet from uh, Bob Winkle, who I don't know if you follow him or read his stuff, but Bob Winkle covers the team for Cross and Broad. Uh, as of yesterday, this is before yesterday's game, um, they had the sixth-highest strikeout rate in baseball, uh, 27.6% strikeout rate. Um, and their OPS and their slugging, OPS was at was 21st in baseball. Their slugging and their on-base percentage, both at 17%. This is before, like I said, yesterday's game. Um but if you're going to strike out that much, you're going to need to hit some home runs. Uh, they're not doing that. They're not getting on base enough. They just aren't producing, and Joe has to figure it out.
0: Well, you'll you'll be happy to know their strikeout percentage has increased since uh, since then. <laughs> they're, 20, at, they're at they're 20, right now, which is uh, good, for, good, good for good for. Them. Third highest in the league behind uh, Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago Cubs. We're number three. Yeah, yeah. The Chicago Cubs who are hitting one sixty three on the season. Um, Phillies at two twenty nine. And then if you do want to break it down by uh, on base percentage, they're at two ninety five, which puts them at twenty four out of thirty in the league, tied with the uh, Gabe Kapler, San Francisco Giants, and the Oakland Athletics, as well as Baltimore. So if you want to think of teams to compare to offensively, that's, you know, Baltimore right now is the one. And, and, um, you know, it's when you have a team, you know, we went through the lineup on our first episode and talking about how, how potent this lineup could be. And, and so far, it's just, it's just not clicking. They're not stringing hits together. And, uh, it's, it's starting to get concerning. Um, yes. Yeah. Again, over a hundred or, you know, over, right at 150 games left in the season, so it's there's plenty of time to, to make it up and you know, we're all doom and gloom right now, but you know, you you wanna see you wanna at least see glimpses of, of what the future holds and what the rest of the season mm-hmm. could look like. Um and the numbers yeah, I think there. up
1: until I you mean know, uh, one bright spot is up until yesterday. Uh, I think Didi Gregoris had had a hit in every game. Yeah. Uh he didn't get a hit in his one pinch hit appearance but um, and then, know,
0: I, but then even Didi is um is striking out more than, than usual, he's got 12 strikeouts, which is tied for second most on the team. So, um, it's yeah, there's 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 probably so I'm sorry, tied for third on the team, but it, it just goes, goes all into the same bucket of of no one, I guess, besides uh Romuto, no one is um, no one's really stepping up too much. Um, you know, D, D is hitting well, but. Um, you know, a couple home runs, and then everything else is a single. And it's nice, yes, but um, just everyone overall, we you know you need to see a little bit of improvement. So you know maybe a return home is is just what the team needs. get them, you know, get them heated up and and back out on the road and maybe get yourself corrected. Uh, and I guess if we really think about it, let's let's go back two weeks and. You know, you, we tell ourselves that the team's going to go five hundred through four series against divisional opponents. What if I had told you that two weeks ago? How how would you have felt, not knowing you know what the split was, home versus road, and and how the streakiness was? What what would you say if I had told you they they were six and six before um, you know before the season started?
1: Uh, I would be content. Um, I don't think I would be overly joyous, but I think I would be. Um, I would feel pretty solid. Like, okay, that, that's that's mm-hmm. not a bad start. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah I, th-
0: I think it just hurts more because of the way it shook out. Because they started so hot, and then so quickly it turned around. I think that's mm-hmm. where the real disappointment hits. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree. If, if if I had been told that they were 500 after four series against divisional opponent, opponents, yeah, I, I would have wanted you know a win or two more, but um, this early in the season, you you take it. Um.
1: Yeah, because then then there's other things like I would I would have expected Harper to have a few more home runs. Uh, I would affect I would have expected more from uh, you know Noah and Weaver than what we've gotten. Um, so there's other things that I would have expected alongside that. I think because we know the struggles of this offense and the struggles of our pretty much the entire team, except for parts of the bullpen. Yeah. I think, I think that is what sort of makes the six and six record record right now. Just feel so and heavy. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and one of the, I guess one of the bigger struggles on the team is center field. We touched on Roman and earlier. Uh the other guy that's played out there for quite a bit is Adam Hazley. Mm-hmm. Um he had been hitting 190 before uh before yesterday, no walks. Uh then it came out that uh Mickey Moniak was again being, being called up and Adam Hazley was putting being put on the restricted list for um I think it was officially family reasons or personal reasons, something mm-hmm. something along those lines. And mm-hmm. uh we haven't heard any more, nor should we expect to. Um but the one interesting thing I thought was, or that I heard was, uh, Joe Girardi was asked about if Hazley would be back on the team before the end of the season, and he wasn't sure. And um, so this is something. Whatever is going on with Adam, um, you know, it could be extremely long term, and you know, we won't dwell on whatever it is that's that's keeping him out. But we will dwell on Mickey Mooneyak coming out, and he didn't start that first game. Uh, that Roman Quinn did start, and perhaps that was. You know, just a timing thing, trying to get Mickey to the stadium uh, on time. But I think it would be fair to have Moniac starting every game. I mean, I, what what are you thinking? It should should Moniac? Yeah, 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 Go,
1: absolutely. Uh, I I am uh, I am excited for Mickey to come up here. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not overly pumped because uh, he let's face it, he was a number one overall pick who mm-hmm. has not been number one pick esque he he is a guy who, for what he was where he was drafted, he should have been up here already. He should have been you know making an impact on this team um but it's taken him a while to make it up here um that being said, I'm still excited to see what he can do uh he had a solid spring uh and let's hope he can you know moved it along to here. And with Adam gone, we don't want to speculate, you know, what's going on with him. We just hope he's okay. Um But Roman, I'm just, I, I'm sick of seeing Roman start every day. I, I need to see him just come off the bench for certain situations, pinch run, defensive replacement, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. he is just not hitting enough. And with a team who's already struggling to hit, I need to see someone, someone new out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, he is still young. He's twenty-two years old. Um, so I, I, I do think there's time for him to to bud into hopefully a starting outfielder and, and uh, become somebody reliable on the team. And I would it may, love that. Yeah, it may take a while. I mean, the I guess uh, disappointing part of it is he there's a chance that he struggles right off the bat. And, mm-hmm. you know, it would just... You, well, I mean, it can't be much worse than what we've already been getting. So, yeah, I guess you deal with it. You put him in the eight hole for now and and just, just let him get acclimated. And, and uh, you know, he had a couple of bats last year. So um, give him some time to warm up and, and, and see if he does sprout into something that'll be um, exciting for the year. You know, injecting Yeah, some... I don't know
1: how much work he's been getting. I think they've just been doing, like uh you know hidden drills and stuff like that because I don't think the minor league season has started yet. I think that starts no. in April and sorry in May. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't expect him to come off the uh bench and just rake right away. But uh for the foreseeable future, I would like to see him start this entire homestand.
0: I think it's I think it's fair. I mean I, I what more can you expect to see out of Roman Quinn? I mean, he's had years of, of at bats where he just, I mean, he's pretty much proven to us at this point that he's just not going to hit well. I mean, it's, 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 the experiment is pretty much over. He's your, he's your late inning defensive replacement. He's a late inning pitch runner. He's a maybe one game a week starter because, you know, somebody needs rest. And that's, that's his ceiling, unfortunately, at this point. And, um, I mean, there's there's a spot on the team for a guy like that, but mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's he
0: he can't put your everyday um, center fielder at this point. Yeah, so and, and,
1: and I I really hope Mickey does well. Uh, I saw another tweet today by Kevin Cooney, uh, who covers the team, uh, who talked about the um, outfielders, and he this is his tweet from uh, twelve hours ago. Uh, He said, "Since Greg Luzinski made his last All Star game in 1978, the Phillies have had four outfield appearances in the All Star game. Only one of those has been drafted and developed from the farm system. That was Dom Brown in
0: 2013."
1: Uh, So, if we can get uh, some homegrown talent uh, in the outfield, and from Vicky Moniak, um, that would be a very, very good sign for this team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so just looking ahead at um at the what what the Phillies have coming up. Uh this weekend they will play the Cardinals for three games. We've got mm-hmm. a Yeah. We've got a, a Friday night game, a Saturday afternoon game, and then an early Sunday afternoon game. Uh by the way, Fanatic's birthday is on Sunday, so I hope you bought him something. Ah,
1: damn it. <laughs> uh hold on, I need to run out to the store real
0: fast. <laughs> And then, uh, starting April nineteenth, it'll be the return of Gabe Kapler as the San Francisco Giants. That's right here, Gabe Kapler. He is the uh, never heard <laughs> that. the uh, he will be leading the San Francisco Giants uh, back into Philadelphia for three games. So going up against two teams that are not in the division, um, it'll be nice to to play against some guys that are. Uh, not so familiar and um you know hopefully go on a good streak or a good uh good one against them.
1: Yeah, uh two teams that I've learned to hate over the years with uh, our yeah. uh playoff meetings yes. uh, with best those teams. Ugh. Um so uh sort of two teams that aren't rivals but have sort of become a little bit at least a little bit rivals here in the city. Yeah. Uh with some of the fans. Uh, just because of past experiences. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then looking ahead at, to acid, or not to get too ahead of ourselves, but um, they go to Colorado, which is, I feel, they've always had interest in series in Colorado. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, last uh, decade plus. Yeah. Um, so, hey, I love it. Baseball is, is back. It's, you know, I'm excited to, see teams that aren't in our division again Mm uh and oh and are you going to some of these games are you going to see some of this yes sir
0: thank you for asking i will be there on saturday um with a cardinals fan of a cardinals fan friend a cardinals friend fan a fan of the cardinals that is my friend i will be going to the game with someone who is a cardinals fan and is also my friend yeah and um yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, it looks like they're sticking with the 25% capacity for a while. Um, mm-hmm. They they sent out an email to season ticket holders this week uh, to buy tickets through... I think it was through July or something like that, and it all mentioned 25% capacity, so it looks like they're sticking with that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they could change it up and sell more tickets at some point, but for now, that's, that's where they're sticking. Um, and then I'll be there Wednesday as well. I'll be taking my sister to the game, so I will... Um, I'll be sure to to get all the hot interviews that we need and mm-hmm. um good, really good. really get this get this thing going. Good. Um yeah, but uh so as we wrap up uh this week's episode, we would be uh it would be a huge dishonor if we did not mention uh that this past week was the uh 12 year an- 12 year anniversary of the passing of Harry Callis. Um he I mean, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who he is. But uh, you know, Harry, the 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 big booming voice of the Phillies for decades, um, and his his call. Obviously, he had so many calls, but his um, his radio call with for the final out of the 08 World Series. Just, I mean, I have it memorized. I there will be times where I just say it, just <laughs> because it pops up in my head.
1: The 0-2 pitch, Swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are two thousand eight World Champions of baseball.
0: I mean, just but just what a what a what a um, what a perfect baseball voice and just just an incredible guy. What um, what what is your uh, lasting memory of of Harry? Well,
1: at first I I remember the moment I found out he had passed. I was with uh my friend Steven we were in his car mm-hmm. driving home from class and I just it felt like a member of my family had died mm-hmm. that's just the kind of impact that harry has had uh, harry to me is baseball his voice is still baseball his voice is you know it's you know part of the reason why i love baseball so much is because uh, of the way harry would talk about it um and it's just it, it, he was an icon. There's so many memories I have of him. So many great games, so many crazy games. Uh, there's, I remember a game we played against Cincinnati. I think we scored like 14 runs at any, and I just remember his calls the entire time we're in the car listening to it. I've heard him call many great games. Um, and just great moments in, in the history of me being a fan. Should be it. Should be it. Ricky Leday is there. He puts it away, and Kevin Millwood has pitched a no-hit, no-run game at Fenway
0: Stadium.
1: You know, it's sad that he's no longer with us. It's, it's, I, you know, those kind of voices in baseball are just they're they're dying out, mm-hmm. and it's just, um, but he's always hopefully will always be remembered in the city. Yeah, and
0: it's it's nice that he, you know, he'll he'll have that statue on left field for quite a while. Um and on opening day they continue the tradition of his son coming out um and singing the national anthem. And I believe his other son still calls games, maybe for for the Rays now, I believe. So yeah, the callous name will um will remain synonymous synonymous with baseball and um yeah, yeah, it is a shame cuz I always think of some of the names on the team that you know how cool it would be to how cool it would be to to hear him call them you know call them out.
1: Mickey Moniac, yeah.
0: I feel like, is such a great name would have been such a great name for him to.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just it was a shame he didn't he wasn't around. I'm so glad he was here when we won the World Series, but it so, yeah. it's so shame that he wasn't there for guys like Doc Holliday, uh, mm. he, you know, who had two iconic moments uh, as a Philly um it's just a shame that it's you you think about you're, you know you're glad he was there for all the great moments that you remember as a fan but of since he's been gone the you said the, the names that you miss him saying and the the moments that you uh know he missed um but um as long as we have a high hope song at the end of every win as long as we have that statue, as long as we have our memories, Harry will always be with us.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that'll about do it for this week's episode. As we head into the weekend, um, Friday night's game against the Cardinals at seven hundred five. We'll see Zach Eflin versus Carlos Mart- Martinez. Um, any quick predictions for um, for the next six games as they uh, as they take on the Cardinals and Giants? Just
1: just don't embarrass yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Honestly, uh, I would like to just at least stay 500. Um, just try to get through this month um, without you know losing too much ground. You don't want to start you know, starting the season is always very important. Um, so you don't have to make up ground at the end. At the end. So just... As long as they keep chugging and try to stay at least 500 here and not lose too much ground, uh, and step back into like fourth or fifth place, um, that's all I have right now. I just, I've just been beaten down by this last road yeah. trip.
0: Yeah, this last week's been quite a bummer. Um, you know, maybe I'm a little too optimistic, but I'm, um, I'm, I'm hoping for four and two. I, I think it's within reason that they could, um, either take both series or sweep one of them and and be competitive in the other and when you're playing that way on the road and
1: i'm back baby i'm hyper (laughs) and i'm high-fiving everybody
0: yeah well i mean when you're playing like that on the road you absolutely have to make up for it at home so um yeah we'll see we'll see it should be some exciting games but once again thank you everyone for tuning in to two on two out the new name of our show Uh, As I mentioned in our Instagram post, uh, we're working on uh, spreading our wings and and getting this podcast onto a couple more services and and branching out on on social media, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Until then, we thank you for listening and uh, there we go.